Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, hello, hello. I'm your Martha Stewart hostess with the mostest, Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth. In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood. To lick it right, lick it good, show you how to... God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In yo goosebumps. Hey there and welcome back, folks. Once again, I'm your hostess with the mostest, Munoz. And oh my God, it is July 15th. You would think that the summer would be going by so slow with the state of the world. But Lord, we are flying by as if everything is normal and it is not. Where are the days going, people? Where are they going? <laughs> and why haven't I been to the beach yet? Oh, well, we all know why. <laughs> oh my God, I am so excited for today's episode because I have two beautiful men who are making their mark and sometimes leaving a stain. You see what I did there, boys? <laughs> in, in the world of crafting and just in the world in general, Dennis Seta Ducati and Andrew Boza of the Crafty Lumberjacks. Guys, the Crafty Lumberjacks are here. Say hi, boys. Hi. Hey. <laughs> Hopefully I didn't butcher your names too much, did I? Like, no, yeah, it was perfect. I was, I was practicing, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you have the hard one. It's hard. <laughs> so just a little background for the listeners. In your mouth, listeners, um, Dennis and Andrew are both actors turned professional crafters who met on the national tour of Fiddler on the Roof. Yes. If, uh, if I was a rich man, honey. Yes. Um, <laughs> along with coffee crafting and Netflix, they have a love for the holidays and decorating. This love led to their successful and ever-growing blog and Instagram, which aims at giving their followers some quick and easy and affordable inspiration. I'm sure a lot of you out there already follow them because they have all the followers, but they're doing like a lot of great and interesting and fun things on the Instagram as well. Um, folks, they have appeared on Live with Kelly and Ryan, The Chew, Good Morning America, uh, The Rachel Ray Show, and can be seen on HGTV's Handmade YouTube channel monthly. Yes. Listen, we we only have the best of the best here on Indio Man. <laughs> How are you, boys? We're good. We're good. It's it's to finally next yeah it is it is i have been you know kind of uh being a little bit of a pest trying to just get you on but you all are busy 
you all are busy. We are. The craft train never stops. We didn't think it would, uh, you know, play out for us as an actual gig, but it has, and it just keeps on rolling. And we enjoy the pesters, so. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I love that. But before we get anywhere, I wanted to wish you happy National Gummy Worm Day, boys. Yes. But there's an issue. But there's an issue um, because you can't eat them because you're vegan. That's right. Yes. Yes. We're former uh, gummy worm eaters. You know, and I would I would I would say one of the hardest things to give up are like gummy candies just because it's really hard to find that texture. And oh my God, they're just so freaking yes, good. Especially like, have you ever had the gummy worms from Disney World? They're like Goofy's gummy wor- worms and they're so good. They're like sugar coated. Uh, we we can't have them anymore. They're just marked up gummy worms, but they just yes. taste better because they're more expensive. I don't know. That, that's, like the, um, that's like the brand, Sugarfina. No shade. Have you discovered Sugarfina? No. Yes. No. Is we, that the Disney one? No, no. Oh. They're like $14, like three gummy worms oh. in a pack. Yeah, yes, they yes. they Someone literally yes. they're literally just that, Andrew. They yeah. have they put it in like a Tiffany blue esque box <laughs> and some nice packaging and charge you forty five dollars for a normal bag of like gummy bears. I don't know. Just give me like a big sack of like cheap gummy worms. Like that's what I want. You know, yeah. they, there has to be a vegan version out there somewhere. No. <sighs> There must be. If anyone knows of any, like, please send them our way. You know please. what? I'm I'm gonna do some research, and we're we're gonna figure that <laughs> figure that out. Yeah. Moving right along, did you know, boys, on this day in our gay history, in 1962 in New York City, Randy Wicker talks listener-supported radio station WBAI into broadcasting a taped program in which seven gay people discuss homosexuality. Widely publicized in the local press, the program is to be, is believed to be the first favorable favorable broadcast on the subject in the U.S. Wow. Okay. So, wow. Uh, thanks, Randy Wicker, because I guess yes. without you, we wouldn't be here. Yes. Very true. Very true. Thank you. Right. I I love giving just like a shout out to you know our forefathers and like the gay voices of the past. You know, I, I yeah, guess that's so important. To, Thank you for doing that. To, yeah. to call on them, and you know, I've I've learned so much from just these little like one offs that I do, and there's so much information out there, and um, the history itself isn't even that old. Yeah, right. that's that's the crazy part. And as we get older, we realize like how how long ago it really wasn't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. I love that. How long ago it really wasn't. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but you know what also wasn't that long ago? Um, Dennis and I have cross have cross paths in a former life at this point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So a very long time ago, I don't even know what year that was. Um, we were both up for the national tour of the Drowsy Chaperone, and yes. it was down to four of us at the end. Me and Mark De La Concha. Shout out to you wherever you are. Um, uh-huh. I miss and love you. And you, and I forget who the fourth guy was. Dustin Harder, who's known now as the Vegan Roadie. Oh my God. Hello. Um, yeah, four of us. We need to get her on the pod too then. Yes. Um, yes. And um, after like many a callback and many an hour turning tricks for these people, these casting directors, they chose Mark and you, 
right? So weird because I thought it was going to go the other way. It was either going to be me and Dustin, me and you. I didn't know, or like you and Mark. I thought looked so well or so good together. Um, but that just goes to show you—you you never know what casting directors are thinking. We can think all of the things and spin our wheels, and you never freaking know. Yeah, Mark and I were like, we totally got this. We killed this. Yeah, right? and um, you know. But yeah, congrats on that a million years ago. And I actually, <laughs> I actually got to do that regionally a ton. That's a yeah, show I, I could have- gangster? Huh? Pardon? As a gangster? Yeah. Yes. So I, uh, yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. And those are, The Jurassic Chaperone is one of those shows that I could do forever. Yes. You know? But I, I want to know how, how you end up going from theater to crafting. Oh my gosh. Desperation. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my love life. <laughs> I don't know. It was pretty random for us. Uh, we were on tour with Fiddler on the Roof and pe- like cast members had uh, kind of encouraged us to start a blog just together because we were kind of known for being crafty together. We did like Valentine's with craft me- or cast members and like Halloween projects and stuff like that. And then they were like, oh, you guys should start like a DIY blog. And then we did. And, and this was almost 10 years ago at this point. Yeah, yikes. Yeah. And uh, yikes, just, wait a minute. Why, why yikes? <laughs> it feels like yesterday and it's just like so bizarre that, I, you know, it just. Yeah, time ugh. flies. How long have you been together? Uh, about 10 years. So I guess it started about like nine years ago because we've been together, I think, nine years. Yeah, I love it. I love that. (laughs) I mean, that what, so beautiful. So you start this DIY blog, right? And what was like the tipping point? What was like the first, um, your first, shall we call it viral moment? Or what was the thing that really kind of put you on the map as the crafty lumberjacks? Would you say? Well, do you hear those sirens? Yeah, listen, they're coming for you. Yeah. They're coming, they're coming for the craft. Lock the door. Hide uh, the glitter. Hide the glitter. Yes. <laughs> um, well, we, we had done the blog and we were still working. We were still doing theater gigs. We were doing all of the like side work. You know, we're hustlers, we're New Yorkers. You know, that's what you do. You you take jobs, doesn't matter what they are. If you need to pay your rent, you figure out how you're gonna pay your rent. Yeah. So we were doing all the side hustles. And we were kind of every year we would give ourselves small goals for our blog. So like, it was like, no, we just want to have content. And then I think there was one year that we were like, we want free stuff is what we want. And then all of a sudden it kind of started to happen. We got some free stuff. And then as this was all developing, we started growing um, a a small following on Instagram. Um, The people from the tour who was pushing us to start the blog They kind of fell off. They didn't care about the blog. But we found other people, strangers, people we didn't know, showing us so much love and affection. And then uh, four years ago, I guess now, we got an email from HGTV. um, And they were like, hey, uh, we've noticed you on Instagram. Do you guys want to have a... uh, They gave us like a trial. We did 10 um, trial social videos with them uh, for the holidays, five Halloween and five Christmas. And they thought we worked really well. And, and that new year, they offered us a job doing their YouTube channel and also um, making social videos for their Facebook, Instagram, and all their uh, social medias. And that was really when our, the, you know, it started to present itself as a full-time career. Yeah, that's amazing. Our journeys are 
so parallel. It's really interesting because I started my first blog, the food blog, out of necessity, um, coming off a bunch of theater gigs and then finding myself in the recession, you know, and there was no room for short Latin boys who sang classical musical, musical theater, you know, <laughs> all of a sudden, because there wasn't that much room there to begin with. Um, and so that that kind of trajectory, um, I can relate to very, very much so in that in that sense of, um, you know, just out of necessity and hustling and, you know, taking all the love from all the strangers I could get. You know? yes, yes. And that's what's so crazy about life. You know, we're always like, what do you want to be when you grow up? But nobody realizes that you're going to be so many different things as you grow up. It's yeah. like you follow all your different passions and you kind of never know which one is going to take off. Speaking about growing up, you, um, you make an interesting point right there um, about uh, you're going to be a lot of different things as you grow up. And I'm sure the two of you have had different journeys um, before you met each other and coming up and coming out. And I always say that um, our stories are each unique and each equally important because we never know who's listening. And I would like, I'd kind of like to know what both of your journeys were like in coming out. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, uh, I come from a Latin background as well. My parents are Cuban. I'm first generation American. So coming out to them was really hard. They did not understand it. They didn't know any gay people apparently so they, they they just took it really hard and personal and they I grew up catholic and you know so I didn't come out till college I was in the closet throughout high school I didn't have one person to talk to and then when I got to college I was strong enough to be like I'm gonna go into college like as a gay man I'm gonna tell people that and then I slowly well I accidentally came out to my parents it was just like you know like dad found the search history on the computer you know <laughs> and then it just got you you, you, you were looking like, for uh you were you were you were looking up how to make paper roses or something <laughs> yeah yeah that's it <laughs> paper rose buds hey, well. um, <laughs> yes hey listen put that in your mouth <laughs> uh, you know so i my parents didn't take it well and then they actually sent me to therapy uh, just to talk things over. And I said, I would go to therapy if they went to therapy. And thank God my therapist was, you know, very progressive and like was always on my side and was like, I'm not going to try to change you. So it was really just talking about like my relationship with my parents. And luckily my parents learned a lot from going to therapy as well. I mean, it took about five years to get to a solid place where they are like, I mean, they're now so comfortable and like things are so great, but you know, it took a bit of time. Yeah, I mean, but that's beautiful that like, because not everybody has that. Not everybody has uh, parents that want to understand that, uh, that like that therapy turns into a very different, very scary kind of therapy or, or whatnot for people. So like, you know, that's, that's a beautiful journey and um, a beautiful end to that piece of the story, you know? Yeah, I feel really lucky to have them as parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dennis, uh, like... Is your journey parallel, similar, very different? Um, very different. Um, I, I grew up in a Catholic background as well, um, but I never really actually came out to my parents the way some other gay people have come out to them. Uh, my mother caught me one morning. I had my boyfriend sleeping over the night before Thanksgiving, and she kind of woke up. Uh, walked in that morning of Thanksgiving and I went downstairs and I kind of told her and she was like, it's a phase, it's a phase. 
And I was like, no, mom, it ain't no phase. <laughs> um, but I was older at that point, but I was always very comfortable with my sexuality and my, you know, being gay and a younger age. I was um, like, I coined myself as an original rent head. Um, so I was like uh, a freshman year, sleeping out on the streets of Manhattan, getting tickets to rent all the time. And I was meeting such a, a wide variety of different people of, you know, just all, all kinds of different people um, who really made me feel comfortable with who I was. But for whatever reason, I never really bridged that gap to my parents until later in life, about like 20 years old, I think I was. Um, and I still had ne never actually come out to my father, but he kind of knew and he would make comments and um, he passed away three years ago. And I overheard him in the hospital when, my, when um, Andrew had come to visit. Um, he was like telling his roommate in the hospital, he was like, that's Andrew Dennis's boyfriend. And that was a moment where I was like, oh my gosh, my father has always accepted me. I could have talked to him about this, but I just didn't. You know, and I never hit it. I never hit it or anything, but I just never talked about it. Yeah. Um. Once again, it's it's the struggle. The struggle is unique and real. Um. For for all of us, and I a want to thank you for sharing that. Right. Uh, because because like I I always say this on the pod. You never know who's listening, and you never know who may strike a uh, who it may strike a chord with, and whether they be fifteen or fifty, and and our stories are are each unique and important. And on this pod, I make it a point to celebrate our community in the best and most positive way possible. Um, yes. So thank you for that. And Dennis, it may seem that we may have crossed paths even earlier because I was also an original rent head. Yeah. Yes, sleeping on that street. I saw rent like 15 times. Yes. So yes, yes, yes. <laughs> So um, I want to know, because I thought it would be really fun. We're all stuck in quarantine. We're all stuck in the house. Uh, or I should say most of us, because some of us are acting a fool out there in the streets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, I, bet, I bet this time of being kind of held up together and doing what you do has been like really great for the biz. Huh? Uh, yeah, I think, I think because a lot of people want to do like hands-on stuff, whether it's like cooking or crafting, there is this pressure to, you know, create more content and people definitely seem more interested, especially people who weren't interested before, which is great. But at the same time, it's like so hard to be motivated when we're stuck at home where it's like, I don't want to do anything, but uh, you yeah. just want to, you just want to cuddle with the cat, Teddy. Yes. Who's yep. also on the pod. He's just yeah. a, he's a silent observer, but I see him <laughs> back there. I I mean, that's incredible. Um, I thought it would be really fun to kind of pick your brain about like now that we're stuck in the house and still trying to do things. Listen, I did not get the gay gene of, of for crafting. I may have sent you a photo of some, a stained glass project I tried to do that. Oh I yes, that I failed miserably <laughs> at. <laughs> You know what? Where do you think that comes from? Like that, like inherent gay gene to be like crafting. Here we go, and it's just like that, like create. You know, I that one I didn't get. I got all the other ones, but that one. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I definitely didn't get like the sports gene. So I guess I'm lucky. Yeah. I got like a crafting gene. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I think uh, all gay people are are naturally creative humans. 
you know? So if you're not doing the crafting, you're doing something else, you know, yeah. that's creative and just as great. And yeah. we grew up with like moms who crafted a lot. So yes. we kind oh. of grew up crafting. Yes, and decorating, oh. you know, so. So it probably comes from there too. It's in, yeah. the, ge it's in the genes, I see. Mm -hmm. It's in the Jordash genes <laughs> <Yeah>. of it all. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're if we're gonna be like crafting and kind of hosting these Zoom parties, are have you found like interesting and fun ways to kind of pep that up for people or for yourselves even? Uh, is that like kind of something you've done and put out there in the world? Yeah, actually, we 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 did a a virtual craft night, which was super fun because in the beginning everybody was jumping on Zoom, connecting with friends, people you haven't heard from in a while, um, and we thought it'd be fun to get friends together to do a virtual craft night. We made some cards and just shot the shit, um, you know, and yeah. colored, and it was super fun. Yeah, I think like a good tip is like just. It, don't overthink it just like have people get what they have at home and like set up a time to do a craft night and just you know even if you're all just doodling while talking at least it's an activity that you can do together and it just it's a little different from just like hanging out on zoom and if someone wants to start crafting not not this guy over here this <laughs> jerk right who's like i'm gonna pick something really hard to start crafting i know you you took an advanced craft i did take an advanced craft i was like i can do this but listen let me tell you i um i figured how is this any different from all the cooking i do i started um custom cake bacon baking uh can you tell i'm from brooklyn um <laughs> and <laughs> And I taught myself that and I was making these crazy custom cakes forever for people. So I was like, yeah, I can like make some faux stained glass thing happen. Can't yeah. be that hard. Nope. I'm not allowed to touch it. <laughs> not allowed to touch a spray can ever again. Oh my God. <laughs> like, that's it. I've learned. But um, if people want to like begin, like where do you, where does one kind of start in this like world? I think um, now they, they sell so many different craft kits for beginners and it comes with like everything in the craft kit with instructions and now everything's online. You can find a YouTube uh, tutorial to go with it. Um, and I kind of think it's just like hone into what you're good at. Like I cannot draw or like doodle for my life, but Andrew is really good at that. So if I were, maybe I would hone into my drawing skills and just kind of start to doodle here and there, or if you like to uh, mod podge, yeah, which is so easy. Or like, or like I, I love to mod podge. Yes, yes, yes. See, there you go. You're a good crafter. Yeah. yeah. Like, also, like, think about like what you like to do in art, like in elementary school. Yeah. Kind of, uh, kind of do a Google search and see what's out there today. Like, if you like clay, like get some Sculpey polymer clay. And yeah. Like, and just start. Don't put a lot of. You. Yeah. Don't put a lot of weight on it, and don't spend a ton of money up front. Like, don't mm -hmm. buy like the best of the best. So just like dabble a uh -oh. little bit. <laughs> This, yeah, guy. this guy. Uh, I'm just always extra. Just always, yeah. Yeah, always extra. I'm like, yeah, I could do that. And nope, some of them, some of that I can't do. And I just have to realize uh, that's okay. That's okay. Have you well, feel, yeah. do you feel like it relieves like the anxiety and the stress of it all, especially with like everything that's happening around you now or around us, like, you know, in the world? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think crafting, yes, is like definitely a stress relief. It's a way for people to uh, zone out. Zone out for sure. Yes, we were actually, we worked on a project this morning um, and it was a painting project. And 
as I was doing, I was like, oh, this is kind of nice. I'm feeling this right now. Just because it was, you know, sometimes we don't get to craft for enjoyment anymore. Now we're crafting a lot for work, for cash. Um, so sometimes that takes the fun out of it, you know, or uh, we're putting a lot of pressure on ourselves. We want things to be perfect, you know, right. so it's a little overwhelming at times. So we don't really craft for pleasure anymore. But today I was in the zone, I was vibing it, and I was like, I miss this, I miss this, you know? Yeah, yeah some pantsless cra- crafting yes! I saw on the, yes! on the Instagram. I was like, do I greet them pantsless on the pod just to be yes! like, yeah. <laughs> no, I had to put on like something flowery for you. I felt, I felt it appropriate. How is it working together as a couple? Oh. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's the best of times it's the worst of times i yes. i would say just like working with anybody in with something that's creative can always be a struggle just because you know i have my idea he has his idea now how do we mix them together or which way do we take uh, i think that's what's good about our working relationship is that we um we both have our strengths and weaknesses and we're the kind of perfect yin and yang yeah. where Andrew is not, you know, so strong. I think I exceed which you're not or which you're stronger. I'm not, you know, so we, or you yeah, don't think yeah, so? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, is yeah. that right? I know. <laughs> we have a nice work balance though. I mean, it, it takes a while to get there sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes it'll be like crazy tension. It'll just be oh, like, yeah. ah, but then, you know, once it's over, it's like done. Yeah. I just, I just, I wish uh in your mouth listeners you could have just seen that that dynamic that visual dynamic on on screen like no it was it was great just to watch you two kind of like check in check in is this okay what what do we say can i can i say this right that it was really really cute um (laughs) to watch that's funny um well you know what i want to take a quick break from all all the crafting talk to take you into my favorite part of the pod and the audience's favorite part of the pod, a little something I like to call food news update. Food news. Food news. Oh, honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. News update. Heinz is selling kits that turn their famous savory sauces into ice cream. What? (laughs) Their faces, guys. (laughs) How's that for a craft project? Like, like, like. Like ketchup and mustard? Yes. Hold on. Hold on. So thank you, Delish.com, for this gem. Um, These kits come with one of Heinz's famous sauces and everything you need to turn that sauce into a sweet sorbet. Of course, there's a ketchup option, but there are also kits available in mayo, barbecue, saucy sauce, and salad cream flavors. Along with the sauce, each box comes with a recipe card, a reusable ice cream tub, a gold spoon, and a gold ice cream scoop. Wow. Wow. How do we feel? (laughs) I mean, it's not something I feel great about. (laughs) But, you know, I think it could be fun. Might as well try it. We were talking. Um, with Andrew's sister the other day about she had made once um sweet potatoes with um sprinkles sprinkles on top and uh, and it was kind of like a sweet sweet potato not yeah yeah it was like so, an alternative for marshmallows I guess yeah uh, and she was like I, I, try it once why not you know I think if you're down with that I love barbecue sauce 
Yeah, so like a barbecue vegan ice cream or a barbecue. I mean, that actually, now that I'm thinking about it, that actually might not be terrible because it's kind of a, if you get like a really sweet barbecue sauce, uh-huh. I, forget, I forget which is which, like that like Nashville barbecue, that Tennessee barbecue, as opposed to like Texas barbecue, yeah. you know, one's sweeter and one's more vinegary than the other, you know? Yeah. Um, but if you get like a really sweet, like sweet baby rays or something like yeah. that, um, or I'm, I don't know if I've had Heinz barbecue sauce, but, uh, but I don't even know what salad cream is. Is that mayonnaise? I don't know. Am I a terrible food person for not knowing what salad cream is? This what is this? 1956 or something <laughs> <laughs> like a miracle whip type thing i don't know oh maybe 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 um so they retail for 17 uh bucks a pop if you want to try it throw that into your crafting box <laughs> toolkit why yeah, don't you I, I, the, uh, uh, the gold scooper i am here for you yeah, know that I could mean, be cute yes yeah maybe 17 bucks is just worth it for the gold spoon and the gold scooper <laughs> Right, throw the uh, give the rest as a as a housewarming gift. Yes. The Trader Joe's podcast just leaked a bunch of dessert flavored beers. Are you beer people? We yeah. are. Yeah. Yes, I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> yeah. Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> so this sounds good. How, uh, did you know Trader Joe's has a podcast? It's very popular, right? Oh. Almost almost as popular as in your mouth. But, um, you know, I love, shout out to you, Trader Joe's, but they they love to like leak new, like exclusive Trader Joe's products that are coming out. And have you had the cookie, is the cookie butter, the speculose from um, Trader Joe's Vegan? It is, yeah. It is, you can eat that? Yeah, it's so delicious. So they were like, we couldn't have a cookie butter without making a good cookie butter beer you know and it had to taste as what's uh just as good as what's in the jar um a trader joe's product developer uh catherine rose said on the podcast so it's gonna obviously be more of a dessert beer you know i don't think i've ever had a dessert beer but i don't know they're also they're also putting out um this fall a toasty cookie spice cider Oh, I'm here for that. That sounds good, like Christmas in your mouth. Yes, and you know what? I haven't had Christmas or anything else in my mouth for months, so I will yes. be here for that. There's also a co- there's also a coffee peanut butter cup porter, which will come out during what I think is your favorite holiday, Halloween. Yes. Right? You're big Halloween people, right? Yeah. Or did I get that wrong? Yeah, yeah no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I thought so. And we love coffee. I, I mean, who doesn't? Right? I think I think we're here for this, Trader Joe's. And if you want to send us all some, uh, oh we will come back on this pod gladly to do Maybe. a live tasting. I think we can all agree on that. Yes. 100% we're here for that. Yes. An online petition wants a statue of Christopher Columbus to be replaced with one of Chef Boy RD. <laughs> No. Well, (laughs) I didn't know about this till I actually read this article because um, obviously uh, 
Christopher Columbus statues are coming down all over the America here. And um, there's a petition out in Cleveland, Ohio, out to replace one that stands in uh, Cleveland's Little Italy with um, the iconic Ettore, Ettore Boyardi, AKA Chef Boyardi. This petition reads, born in uh, Piacenza, Ettore immigrated to the US at age 16 in 1914. He eventually moved to Cleveland where he opened a restaurant, Il uh, Giardino d'Italia, that was so popular that people asked him to bottle, bottle his sauce for them. They're, they're saying that it's time for Cleveland to remove its statue of a genocidal sociopath uh, with a bowl cut and erect a statue uh, to an immigrant success story who enriched the community with his food and iconic mustache, right? And it's two people would, yeah, yeah, yeah right? That. Yeah, Absolutely. okay, of course. Cleveland, that sounds great. Yeah, at first you're like, what the, what, what the fuck, <laughs> yes. what is going on? <laughs> After you're like, oh, okay, you know what? 100%. Right, right. When's the last time you've had some Chef Boyardee? Oh my God, it has been a long time, long years, years. I mean, I used to love it as a kid. I thought it was such a treat. Yeah, right before the quarantine, um, I did a podcast with a friend of mine tasting all sorts of canned foods because there was talk about going into lockdown. This is before we were even going to do that. And uh, we were like, well, if we have to go into lockdown, what canned foods do we want to be like stuck with if we're like, stuck and so we did like spam and canned corned beef and all the chef boyardee flavors and oh well listen let me tell you chef boyardee tastes exactly the same as you remember it oh my gosh i'm sure I'm you sure. know so <laughs> i don't think you're missing it but um i think i am here for this petition to replace this statue with this uh great story of someone who did something great for their community right yeah and with, uh, and with that i think there's a great way to end the food news update i hope this left you a little bit a little bit inspired and a little bit you know it's great it's great trivia for later you know i'm yeah. full of like yeah useless food news knowledge <laughs> thanks to the pod what made you boys go vegan oh my gosh you 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 you, go, you, you, go, you, go. you um well it started with andrew's sister who's uh the og vegan Wait, the the andrew's sisters and no <laughs> right sister jennifer um what were they like <laughs> vegan <laughs> yes um Right? That's kind of how it started. Yeah, it started with my sister, and she had been talking about it for a long time. And then, well, and then, backtrack, I actually went dairy-free before we even considered going vegan because my skin was really bad. And I was like in my mid-30s, and I was breaking out. I was using proactive. I was using everything, and nothing was helping. And the one thing I kept hearing was like, get off of dairy. But I kept being like, I cannot get off of dairy but then I just like did it because I couldn't take it anymore. And then I was like, okay, I'm into this. And then I started talking with my sister and she was kind of uh, saying how she wanted to go vegan as well. And she was kind of taking steps towards that. But Dennis really was against it. He's like a meat and potatoes kind of guy, like all yes. the hamburgers, all the cheese. All the bacon, egg and cheese. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Like okay. a, there's nothing like a New York bodega bacon, egg and cheese. Oh. 
Hell you know, yeah. that's like the one thing we really miss a lot. Mm-hmm. That and gummy worms, apparently. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but then Dennis's dad passed away, and like we just started thinking about our health. And Dennis's dad was pretty young. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I don't know, it just yeah. So then uh, we we knew we wanted to make a change, but we didn't. We weren't willing to work out, <laughs> so we thought uh, we would change our diet. And I also had um, issues with uh, arthritis in my feet. Um, so I was taking pain medication and inflammation me- medication, and I was also using um, uh, feet insoles, shoe insoles, which were $800 per foot. Because they're like those like old people insoles. Yes, they told me I had the feet of a 90-year-old man. Wow. Um, so uh, July 5th, four years ago, uh, you know, we had all the meat and sausages and burgers on July 4th, and then July 5th, we just went cold turkey, cold no turkey, and uh, we went vegan. Um, within two weeks, I was off my pain medications, off inflammation. I do not wear my insoles anymore. Andrew's skin cleared up, um, and we haven't looked back. That's that's a really incredible, and my listeners are going to make me eat my words, I'm sure, because I... <laughs> no, I was talking about veganism on last week's pod, just because all these celebrities are, are vegan now. Everybody's vegan, right? Lizzo just went vegan. Mm. Everybody's vegan. So it's like, what are they not telling us? You know, what do they know that we don't? And I was like, being vegan is not easy, I said. And no shade to the vegans out there, because I love, you know, I love everybody. But uh, would you disagree? I think now it's much easier than it was before, because now they have all the, what they call fake meat, which is like pea protein, which is the Beyond Meat Impossible Burger. Um, There's so many different types of uh, vegan non-dairy cheese options. So I think now it's a little easier, but I think maybe four years ago, five years ago, six years ago, it was a little harder because uh, I don't think there were that many options. Do you think now even like Burger King has the Impossible Whopper? It seems like it's popping up more and more. So I think it depends on also what type of vegan you want to be, because there's like a junk food vegan, uh, like you know, healthy vegan. um, Where and I we kind of fall in the middle. You know, I still love to eat. I love junk food. but oh, oh uh, favorite. Oh, what's the what's the what's your like go to junk food? Oh, I mean, I love potato chips and I love French fries and I also love Oreos. Yeah. Oh, oh, that so, cream that cream in the middle isn't cream. No, no, oh. it's vegan. They're accidentally vegan. Oh, so ac- accidentally all, vegan. All the time. <laughs> yeah. Even for a while. People people wouldn't know what to bring if they came over. So like people would just come with a bag of Oreos or like you know the little Oreo tray, and like we would get five one night, and they're like, "Here's Oreos." We're like, "Oh God, yeah," but they're so good. I would say like for some reason, like if you we just started doing like a lot of research before we went vegan, and we still try to watch like documentaries about you know animal cruelty, what it's doing to the earth, and stuff like that, and then. It's just kind of like a light switch. Like I don't miss the foods I did, and I I was not a picky eater. I love to eat everything, but it just you know it doesn't seem as hard as I thought it would. I, that was a huge misconception. And another one is that like I thought I would really miss things to the point where like I would miss things daily, and I I don't. Of course, there's times where I'm thinking about like oh like the the meal my mom would cook for like. Um, like December 24th or something like that. And I, I have nostalgia for that, but there are so many recipes out there, so many vegan uh, 
like chefs out there that there you can find inspiration you can find things to replace those like things that are near and dear to your heart yeah yeah um sidebar do you know uh related to crafting and oreos oreos over christmas released i think it was over christmas released a record player that you could put your oreo on and and it would spin and play like some sort of song oh my gosh yeah and you and you would build it it was like a cardboard record player that you would build uh-huh. Look it up. It's everything. Oh my gosh. I'm surprised yeah. we missed that because we, we love the like um seasonal Oreos. They do like a spring one, an Easter one, a Halloween one. Yeah. So we always like look forward to those. And I'm surprised we missed that. Yeah. Um, why Halloween is Halloween? I think we said Halloween's like your favorite of the holidays. Yes. Why Halloween? Oh my gosh. I think because Halloween, you can just get away with anything. You know, it's it really has no, no uh limits yeah yeah when like decorating for halloween like you can make something as like ugly as you want it you can go as crazy as you want it like it would still be great christmas is like a very close second it's definitely like a tie but with christmas i feel like you want like a polished look you want things to look really nice but halloween it's just like do whatever you want like just make it creepy no rules yeah Mm -hmm. i I (laughs) i love that i've noticed that you were uh making lots of trees lately or like every every holiday now has a tree. There's a Halloween yes. tree. There's an Easter tree. There's a uh, that's that's big in the crafting world for some reason. I know. Yeah. What do you think about that? Uh, what do I listen? I live in 120. <laughs> I live in 120 square feet in Times Square, right? Although there's a tree that goes up every year for Christmas, yes. it quickly comes down because there is no there's barely any room in here for me and my autograph photo of Lainey Kazan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I know we never thought we would be those weird tree people, but we definitely have gotten into it. I know. It's so weird. It's like, I definitely judged those people before we turned into them, but it's just, it's, it's fun. I feel like, you know, decorating a Halloween Christmas tree seems so bizarre, but then it's kind of the same thing. It's like, well, it's weird as it is. So just like do whatever you want. Decorating a, I don't know, an Easter Christmas tree like that's bizarre just do whatever and then this going back I don't know if we talked about this earlier or before but like if we will do anything for money or for work or for free product so they're like hey would you decorate a tree we're like okay show me the money so that's kind of how it started to happen but then we became obsessed you know careful what you say these queens will slide quick into your DMs honey You know, oh my God, Charles Chen, who you know, um, said the same thing, um, whom I love. There's so many people I've had on this pod that were like, hey, y'all want to slide into It hasn't happened yet, but if I just kind of let y'all know out there, if it happens, it better happen to the both of us. <laughs> okay? Yes, yes. Because I want to see it too. Oh my God, this <laughs> has been, this has been so much fun. Um, final question of the day here. Uh, obviously I'm a food hostess, right? If you had like two tips, like two like ultimate hosting tips, right? For people out there, even though you shouldn't be having parties, right? So on your Zoom parties or whatnot, you know, um, or in your quarantine bubble with your roommates or whatnot, what would that be? Like, what do you think the key is to hosting? And not and not like dim lights and blindfolds, not that kind of hosting. <laughs> I think one thing that we always like to have whenever we host gatherings or friends is an activity 
or a game, just if you can't be like um, spending one-on-one -on -one time with your guests that they can go off and kind of do their own thing. I always think of like the dog at the party when you have a moment and you're like, oh, thank God there's a dog here because I have no one to talk to. Or like, so we like to do that with either an activity, a craft or something where it's kind of a good icebreaker for people to get to know each other um, and also just to have something to do. Yeah. And then the other one, did you, or did no, you have you one? Was just like, um, people are, are so good with like your energy. It's like, if you're feeling stressed out or like anxious, like your, your guests are going to feel stressed out and anxious. So I think it's like always good to try to like mellow out the way the night is going to happen. It's going to happen. And, you know? and like never feel like afraid to ask people for help. I feel oh, like, yes. you know, like That's we, we want to like throw a party and, and not make anyone feel inconvenienced, but you know, people want to be there to help. They're, they're your friends. They're there for a reason, especially people who aren't there with a big group. You know, I always like it when I go to a party alone, I'm like, can I help you with something? Like, yes. give me a task, you know? That's so, good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, well, let the kids know where they can find you, what's coming up next. Um, you know, if you're doing a live with Miss Rachel Ray or something. <laughs> uh, well, you can find us at Crafty Lumberjacks. Uh, pretty much anywhere, just Crafty Lumberjacks, just search that. And uh, I don't know, I guess we're kind of slowly thinking about Halloween. We usually start decorating in August, if you can believe it, just because we want to pump out so much content. So we're kind of creeping up on that. Yeah, that's amazing. Do you not mind living in the house with like Halloween in August? No, I love, love that. It. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that could be fun. I mean... Like I said, my space is so tiny that anything extra in here, because there's already a lot in here, that it's like, too much. it's got to go. It's got to go. Yarn spiderwebs. We're going oh, yeah. to send we'll you that. A yarn we'll spider that web. That's yes. a good one. It's flat yeah. on your wall. It's good. Okay. Uh, you know what? Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll do yes. it. Oh my. <laughs> Oh my God. Thank you so much for taking uh, time out from your very, very busy schedule for my big gay podcast. Um, I really appreciate you coming on to tell your stories, to celebrate you and just giving me your time. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we had so yeah. much fun. Yeah, anytime. And as always, um, out there, stay safe. Uh, if you're hitting the streets or going to a restaurant or anything, wear your masks, wash your hands. And as always, thank you for listening to In Yo Mouth. Yeah.